Relational Obsessive Compulsive Disorder is a subtype of OCD in which a person experiences obsessive preoccupation, doubt, and compulsive behaviors focused on one's romantic partner. People with this condition report uncontrollable thoughts or obsessions about their relationship to their spouse or fiancé or dating partner, and this can be very distressing and draining. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to oyf.support. Once again, that website is oyf.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gundel from Only You Forever. Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. We have an interesting episode for you this week. This is episode number 216, and today we're going to be talking about relational obsessive compulsive disorder, a condition I was only made aware of in the last year through a friend. And before we get started in our very complex... Oh, we'll make it simple. Verlinda was saying I had a very nerdy introduction. Yes, but... You know, we're not all as smart as you are. Thankfully, there's some women in the world that love nerds. (laughs) All right, let's go. So, yeah, before we get started in today's episode, if you missed last week's episode, we discussed how and when to tell your wife about your pornography addiction. Go back and check that out. Also, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming shows from us. And if you're struggling with your marriage, we offer sound research-based advice. And most of all, we offer hope. I think there was only like two studies on our OCD. Really? Just only just kind of getting documented. OCD is well understood, but let's try and figure out what this ROCD is. Relational OCD, relational obsessive compulsive disorder. That's a condition where you have repeated uncontrollable thoughts or obsessions either about your relationship with your spouse or fiance or boy or girlfriend, or else you have those thoughts about your spouse themselves. And what's the difference there? Well, you're either obsessing about the connection or the person. Wow. Okay. Okay. Because of these thoughts, there are also a certain, there's certain actions or compulsions that arise. And I'll break this down in a moment here in order to try to satisfy or calm those thoughts, the obsessive thoughts. So you have the thoughts pinging you, they're obsessive, and then Mm -hmm. you do some things to try to calm those down or to deal with them. Okay. Yes. So anytime you have OCD in any form, the O is the obsessive thought. That's what's, you know, coming in your head and you can't stop it. Okay. It's uncontrollable. And then the C of OCD is compulsion, which is the almost involuntary behavior to try and satisfy the thought. That's when you're trying to deal with it by doing something. Okay. That's the behavior. Yes. So the classic example for OCD is is hand washing. That's what most people know about. The obsession, the thought is with germs or cleanliness. So the thought comes in your head, my hands are still dirty, I can't get them clean enough. The compulsion is to try to keep washing them to satisfy the thought. If I wash them enough, then they'll be clean. My thought stops. Oh, okay. Okay. Now there are two, as I indicated, we'll just unpack the other thing. There's two main types of ROCD. One is relationship-centered. That's the part that focuses on the connection that's happening between you. So that's obsessive thoughts about whether the relationship is working, whether your spouse really loves you, and fear is about being with the wrong person. Did I really make the right choice? And this could occur with a fiancé or a boy or a girlfriend, but for, you know, so I don't have to mention the three kind of possible romantic things. I'm just (laughs) going to talk about spouses from now on. Okay. And then the second type is partner center, which is obsessive thoughts about possible flaws in your spouse or constantly comparing your spouse to others, often with regards to flaws. Okay. So those are the obsessions. This would be exhausting. Yes. 
The compulsive behaviors that follow are actions a person feels they need to take in order to reduce the anxiety caused by the obsessive thought. So the thought's okay. causing all this uncertainty and anxiety, so I need to do something to solve yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Often the behaviors may be, sometimes they also will stay in your head, like their mental acts, like checking or reviewing in your mind whether you really do feel in love with your spouse, like analyzing it Okay. a lot. Maybe you'll listen to their good qualities and pay attention to that or make yourself remember positive experiences, or you may perseverate over their flaws. Perseverate? Yeah, I just wanted to use that word. Endlessly ruminate is what that means. You may also compulsively read marriage books or listen to marriage podcasts. <clears throat> <laughs> Tough. <laughs> we could recommend a good one if you wanted one. Yeah. So for all you binge listeners out there, we might be diagnosing you. <laughs> There can also be verbal compulsivity where you talk extensively to others about your spouse in order to attempt to soothe the obsessive thoughts. So it's like, I'm going to find a buddy. I'm going to keep hashing out like whether Verlinda is, you know, really going to work out or mm. whether this is going to survive or not. Okay. Or constantly reviewing the pros and cons of your relationship with your spouse or else constantly asking your spouse if he or she loves you. Oh, that would be very exhausting. Not, not to be confused with anxious attachment, which is more an uncertainty with the bond that's between you. It's not the same as ROCD. Although, so I just wanted to qualify that because if you're asking if your spouse loves you, that may be more about anxious attachment. This is more like you have intrusive thoughts all the time and then you have the behaviors to go with it where you're constantly checking. Okay, okay. So the question is, how does ROCD form? I have no idea. Or where does this come from? That's okay, we'll explain it. <laughs> all right. ROCD often forms when a person is considering a major relationship commitment, such as getting married. So it may start then, mm -hmm. or it may start in marriage, for example, if you're having your first child, because you're really saying, okay, is this safe for me to bring the child into this context? Oh, and it could this bring on this ROCD. Possibly. Okay. When most people experience doubt around these kinds of major commitments, they're able to deal with the doubts and anxieties fairly quickly and without undue distress. But mm -hmm. some people end up overestimating how important and how significant those doubts are. So they put a lot of weight on these doubts. Oh. They assign tremendous value to them. And in this situation, they begin to believe that their doubts and worries are very, very significant. And so they feel the need to deal with them using compulsive actions, such as mental checking, reassurance seeking, maybe even endless research on the internet about relationships, that kind of thing. Hmm. So then a, a mental link or a neural pathway forms between the obsessive thought and the need to perform the compulsive action, right? Oh. So when someone, so for example, when someone worries if their spouse is right for them, they feel the need to mentally compare their spouse to other men or women or seek the opinion of others. So you've gone from the thought now to doing something and you're building a neural pathway. Okay. And it's, it's started with putting a lot of weight and importance, assigning importance to the thought. Is this really the right person? Or is our relationship really okay? Okay. The more you use the compulsive action in response to the obsessive thought, the stronger the neural pathway becomes, the harder to get off of it or to stop it. Okay. Now, there are predisposing factors which make a person more likely to enter this cycle. And this is from a study done in 2013 by Doron et al. Number one, perfectionism. The belief that your relationship or your spouse need to be perfect makes you more prone to these worries. Then there is number two, the intolerance of uncertainty. People who find uncertainty distressing feel more of a need to be sure about a relationship, mm -hmm. which is tricky because love and affection are hard things to be 100% sure of as to how right. they work, right? Okay. Number three, catastrophic thinking. The tendency to imagine worst case scenario consequences to all the things that you worry about will contribute to ROCD. For example, if I marry someone I'm not sure about, my life will be horrible. That's catastrophic thinking. 
rather than like if it's not the right person, you make it the right person. Yes. Or or things like if I'm not, you know, I'm not sure my spouse loves me, so he's going to have an affair. It's catastrophic thinking. Right. Based on an uncertainty. Rather than trusting, trusting the commitment or even, of your spouse. Or even having an open discussion about your, you right. know, emotional connection. Yeah, but isn't that part of the ROCD is that like how many times are you going to have that conversation? True, but uh, I am talking about predisposing factors. Yeah. So building blocks kind of. Yeah, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Insecure attachment, being raised in a home where parents were absent or abusive or inconsistent in their parenting leads to higher anxiety around relationships mm-hmm. as an adult. That makes sense. And then number five, illusion of availability. Now, that's of your own availability to be in relationship with other people. So this aspect may be more common during dating, but it can still be present for married folks. If you believe you have lots of alternative choices for a spouse, this may trigger obsessive comparisons or anxieties about whether you're with the right person. I could have married her. I could have married her. I could have married her. And I'm not talking about sort of roaming eyes, mm-hmm. but just the that you carry this illusion that you can choose whoever you want. Like you're in Baskin Robbins and you can have whatever flavor you want. And you're really like, you know, did I choose the right flavor? Like, should I have gone for the moose tracks instead of the chocolate chip mint. Okay. So this can happen from, you know, spending lots of time looking at other men or women on social media or due to having a high opinion of how desirable you are. Like there could be a little bit of kind of subtle narcissism in there. Okay. It's not, you know, I just want to be careful about this part because it's not necessarily that you're like an immoral person. You know what I mean? Like it's easy to get all judgy on yourself here Mm -hmm. or, or you want to have sex with all these different people, but it's just the analysis of, you know what? I could have had all these different partners. Did I really choose the right one? Okay. So a lot of doubt in there. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Now, having any of these factors makes you more likely to get stuck on your worries and begin to obsess over them. And often there are also specific triggers which can cause a person to experience the obsessive thoughts. Triggers can include seeing other happy couples leading to worries about whether you're with the right person, you're going to be a happy couple, or it can come from negative feelings such as anger or even boredom. Yeah, but if you see another happy couple, like why don't you work on it and make your marriage that happy? Right. Well, because you have this other neural pathway, which takes you from the intrusive thought to the behavior where you have to think about whether it's really going to work rather than... See, if you're not Mm, certain... Rather than making it work. Well, no, if you're not certain and you're carrying all this anxiety, you're not going to dive in. Is it really worth the effort or should I actually have gone with the other person? Yeah, but marriage is for life. So if you're married... You can't talk a person out of their anxiety. Right. Okay. So okay. we're starting with compassion. But I think what you're seeing though is that you know it, it can be very confusing to try yeah. to approach someone with ROCD. Okay. Because you just want them to stop. But the thing is they can't. It's, a, it's obsessive compulsive. The thoughts are uncontrollable. The behaviors are compulsive. They're automatic. You can't just be like, chop that neural pathway. I'll stop that. No, you can't zap the neural pathway Hmm. yet. So for today's episode, our bonus guide goes into precise detail of what we call the ROCD cycle, the trigger, thought, behavior, anxiety response. We step you through how to really identify that cycle and then figure out how to break it over time with effort so that you're in control of things rather than your brain getting stuck on one certain track. So you can get this by becoming a patron of the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. We'll just take a quick 60-second break to tell you more about that. What happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality? Too often, high expectations lead to disappointment, communication breaks down, and the struggles of day-to-day life become overwhelming, leaving you feeling lost and without hope. Unfortunately, marriage does not come with an instruction manual. 
Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse, and your family. Counseling can be expensive and divorce is very costly. It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Belinda understand your pain and frustration. Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible. And to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at OYF.support. That's OYF.support. You're listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Before the break, we we're talking about factors that contribute to ROCD. Let's talk about how it impacts marriage now for Linda. Okay. It can negatively impact marital quality in a few different ways. Again, a study we're referring to here from 2013. Number one, negative perceptions. The more you have obsessive worries about whether your spouse is right for you, the harder it is for you to think of them positively. Okay, that makes sense. This increased negative view of your spouse can reduce your own satisfaction with the marriage. It can cause you to withdraw. Because mm-hmm. you're going over this in your head, right? Instead of being fully present. And then I'm sure that would cause you to have more of those thoughts because things aren't going well. Well, it, Are you sure it was the right person? It could produce confirming evidence. Yeah. And then there's conflict is the second item. If your compulsive action involve comparing your spouse to others or constantly asking them for reassurance, that can be very taxing for your spouse. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. can reduce their marital satisfaction and make conflict more likely. It could be really hard not to take this personally, for, yes. that there is actually something wrong with me instead of saying, okay, we have, there's a wiring issue here in your, in your brain that we need to like find some healing for, right? Okay. Number three, reduced personal well-being. People with ROCD often experience high levels of anxiety and distress around their own condition. They also often feel ashamed of their thoughts and distressed by the fact that they know the obsessions are irrational, but they can't help but think them. Hmm. So it's hard. So that's what you were saying before the break. Yes. Okay. So this leads to low, it could lead to lower mood, lower self-esteem. It's hard to deal with your own ROCD. Hmm. Okay. Now I want to give you three key recovery concepts. Okay. Okay. And I hope that uh, both spouses are able to listen to this and hear, hear this through. First one is ROCD has nothing to do with relationship quality. Really? Couples where one spouse is experiencing ROCD should know that the condition is not caused by the marriage failing. People who experience ROCD often know that their marriage is great and yet they still experience the obsessive thoughts all the same. Okay. So if a person has some of the risk factor personality traits listed above or that we've just gone over, they can develop OCD in relation to anything. That's possible. Yeah. It's not the content of the obsessive thought that matters. It's the fact that these thoughts keep appearing, that they cause the person distress, and so they lead to the compulsive actions. Hmm. So try to move away from worrying about whether the marriage is working or not, and instead focus on treating the condition. So the couple should not worry so much about whether their marriage is working or not, but instead need to focus on treating the condition. Now, that can be a hard sell because you're basically saying, we need to worry about your worry and not what you're worried about. I don't think I made anything clearer by saying that. (laughs) I don't think so either. (laughs) But I think this would be a hard sell for the spouse too, like not the one experiencing the ROCD, but to be able to step back and... Well, it's like you're saying like, I'm not the problem. It's your thoughts about me that are the problem. Can be a little bit... That just sounds so stuck up. Well, it can be crazy making in a sense, right? Yeah. But, you know, yeah. I think it would be easier to hear like from a counselor than it would be... 
Like, could you imagine if I, if you complain to me about something or ask me a question and I'm like, I am not the problem. Your thoughts about me are the problem. Okay. Yeah, 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 for sure. So I know what you're saying, but I guess I'm going back to my friend that first told me about this stuff. Okay. And he like, he wanted me to look at it because he kind of finally figured out why he would perseverate over stuff all the time. Perseverate. Constantly ruminate. Yes. So see, I used like two less syllables than you. It's much more efficient. So You sounded nerdier. (laughs) Today must be nerdy day. Yeah. Anyways, let me reframe it this way. It may be nice to know that, okay, I've got like a wire cross somewhere up there instead of our marriage is fundamentally flawed and it's not going to work. Well, I agree with that. So let's go figure out how to get those wires straightened. Yeah. And there are methods to do that. So I use a technique called brain spotting Mm -hmm. and there is an intervention for OCD thoughts in brain spotting. I think there's a well-established, I think it's called the DETUR protocol, D-E-T-U-R for EMDR, uh, eye movement desensitization reprocessing. I think that's what the R is for. And and I can't remember. Anyways, so there are protocols to help people out of this mode of thinking. Okay. But just, I think it's just that one saying, that one phrase that just would not go over. Okay. Do you have a better phrase? Like, I'm wondering if you're obsessing over the relationship. Right. Like, do you find yourself thinking about this a lot? Yeah. Like too much? Does it feel like it's too much to you? you, There's a good question. Yeah. Do you think this is about more than our marriage? Yeah. I don't know about that one. How about... uh, Why don't I like that one? Do you like that one? Well, I thought it was good or I wouldn't have said it. (laughs) Apparently you didn't. I don't know. Let's keep going. But I do, I honestly, I think it would be easier to come from someone outside the relationship than to come from a spouse myself. Yeah, Yeah, because it's hard to say, you know, this is not me, it's you. I mean, that's like an abusive person would say that. Yes, exactly. But But even for the person to realize that. To hear it? No. To realize Like for the spouse, the non-ROCD to realize like, okay, this isn't me. Right. Right. And that's, I guess, what we're hoping to do is open eyes right now and for people to see this. Right. But I mean, if... What about the question, like, do you feel like you're having these thoughts too often? Like this is, you know, kind of jumping in your brain too much or coming up for you too frequently? And I think people probably step back and say, yeah, like this is bugging me like all the time. It's exhausting. It's always there. Yeah. Right. Right. That's a better question. So, so then it's like, okay, well, let's, you know, why don't we see if someone can help us? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I can agree with that. Oh, good. Whew. That took a lot of hashing out. No, it's good. But I mean, but that, in all fairness, it shows you that it's hard to, to bring up, like, how do you have this conversation? Yeah. Some conversations are hard to get started on. And I think if you're in the situation where you're being bombarded with these questions from your spouse over and over, if you think it's the right thing, like that would just be crazy making in itself. So to actually get your yeah. mind and emotions calm enough to realize that there's something else going on here. Right. I am not the problem. You got to and, realize that in your own head. Yeah. Okay. So then the next thing to do is to look at personality. Okay. Factors. What are we talking we, about? We're in the section now? where we're talking about key recovery concepts. So the first one, it's not about relationship quality. Right. Okay. And the second one? The second one is look at the personality risk factors. Some of the risk factors which can lead to the development of ROCD can be healed oh, or treated, okay. which can reduce the hold the, that the obsessive thoughts have. So for example, training yourself to become comfortable with uncertainty will help reduce the obsessive need to be certain. Okay, There's yes, more on that yes. in the bonus guide for this episode. We also did an episode on how to deal with or how to work with a perfectionist spouse or if you are the perfectionist spouse, that can help reduce perfectionism. That's uh, episode 148, yeah. oif.link slash 148. And then the episode on fear, 
in relationship information on how to recover from an insecure attachment style. That's episode 144, away link slash 144. So you can also deal with kind of the building blocks of the thing, if you right. will. Right, okay. And I'll also mention that there are some medications called SNRIs, which uh, you can talk to your family doctor about that reduce obsessive thoughts. Oh, okay. So that's another treatment option as well. And then the third thing as a key recovery concept is just the idea of, of what we call exposure and response prevention. It's <laughs> hard to say. The main treatment for OCD is about breaking the link between the obsessive thought and the compulsive action. So it's trying to yeah. disrupt that neural pathway. Okay. If the person with ROCD learns to experience the obsessive thought without then needing to perform the compulsive action, then they see that the obsession actually has no power to affect anything. So the thought runs in, kind of goes poof, it disappears. It doesn't okay. run into a behavior. So the association then breaks and then the obsessive thoughts become less and less common because there's no point in having them. They're not being reinforced. Okay. So for example, if your obsessive thoughts are around whether you're in the right relationship, your compulsion is having to mentally install the good things about your marriage. When you experience the obsessive thought, don't perform the mental check and instead focus on something else. Distract yourself, such as your work or some other task unrelated to the thought, something else that requires your full attention. You know, and prayer or meditation can help here. And so over time, the, the link, the mental link the neural pathway between the obsession and the compulsion will weaken and until the thought, the obsessive thought no longer causes you distress. Okay, but like it's not a bad thing to list the good things about your marriage in your head. I know, but we're talking about doing this all day. Oh, okay. So it's affecting your life. Yeah, it's distracting you and, and yeah. there's a mental toll Yeah. Okay. to that instead of just being able to rest mm. in the security of your bond. Mm-hmm. Okay. And as you said, it's not to do with the relationship quality. So you might have a very secure bond there yeah. that you can rest in except yeah. for this. And that, that may be hard. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, that's all for today. I think. Do you have any more? Yep. No, that's good. Okay. So thank you to Jeff and Matthew who became patrons between this recording and our previous one. We appreciate that so much. And next week. Next week for Linda, we are talking about coming to terms with an unexpected pregnancy. Okay. Oh, that was almost a terrible pun in there. What were you going to say? No, coming to term with the Oh, terms. an unexpected pregnancy. I didn't even attend it. It was so sad. <laughs> I didn't even get it. <laughs> okay, that's because it was lame. Yep. Let's wrap this up. Well, that is all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oif.link slash 216. Find out how you can help, go to oif.support. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Valinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to oyf.support. A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People from Only You Forever.